Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I want to thank my supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me in what I'm doing. And today, I'm very excited to have on a New Jersey-based, excuse me, New Jersey-based Sheik player who is making waves, flexing on everybody. We have all chat esports very own newly signed jay flex joining me here thank you so much thank you for having me how are you doing oh yeah i'm doing great and i hope that so far in this early month of december that you have a well let's see you've been competing in just about everything it feels like and you recently signed on like i said all chat esports uh moving from i guess they call themselves conduit gaming now right over to all chat esports pretty quickly it felt like and uh no that's incorrect uh that's a crease that gaming i used to be signed with them and then uh all chat is still like a new esports organization yes so i i'm only saying conduit gaming because i thought crease had rebranded but maybe i saw that wrong all that to say you were right in saying that all chat esports is a fairly new organization behind two people who have been running the salt mine uh, the uh, Salt Mine Tournament, the online tournament event on Thursday nights, which you make a point to get to. Like I said, you enter what seems to be just about everything in terms of the nightclub on Wednesdays. Normally you're at TMT Tuesdays and then Salt Mine Thursdays. You play so much Melee. And the way that you, at the very, at the very least, the way that you tweet about it and from the limited time that I've been on your streams before in the past, you love the game so much. That's probably a great starting point in terms of getting to know you as a player. When did that first start to come in for you? When did you first start playing the game? Uh, well, I always had passion for video games. And uh, we're talking about Super Smash Bros. Melee. I guess, uh, I, I guess I touched it like around 2005. Uh, I would just play it with my family, brothers and cousins. But I was always more of a Smash 64 player. Like, I didn't know much about scenes, about, like, oh, this uh, Melee scene or 64 scene. It was just, like, me and my family. But uh, um, come 2011, I uh, started hanging out with friends, and they mentioned Melee. And, you know, I, I was not good at Melee. I was like, okay, we play Smash 64. I'll beat you guys. But Melee, you know, I suck. I couldn't even wave dash. I couldn't really, like, move as much. I bought a third-party controller. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> yeah. an official Nintendo one. And uh, and then, yeah, I just started from there just to play the game and start learning little by little. Was it because of the group of friends that you were at, with at the time where they're saying, you got to get off Smash 64? And the reason why is because there's not really a big scene. I mean, look at this video of this grand final setter. Like, how did they, like, continue to draw you away from Smash 64? Which, by the way, is a good game. I love Smash 64. So let's not get it twisted. That is a such a fun game. I still play Smash 64. Yeah, I still play it too. Again, but just with my family. Not competitive. Um, I did not know anything about the Melee tournaments. Around this time, it was... a uh pound five when mm -hmm. i first started getting to melee and it's crazy like i was like i want to learn about this game and i decided to take like a one day trip to go to pound five i went with like three friends and uh it was just literally just one day i went i was like really excited i felt like i was meeting celebrities because you know these guys was really good mango m2k hbox you know i actually got like a picture with m2k because i was like my favorite player because he was formerly from New Jersey before he moved to Florida. And 
he was definitely like one of my players I looked up to. I would just watch YouTube videos. I'm sure you remember that old YouTube video from YouTube King, uh, Real Kings Wear Tiaras. It was like really, really great. You can still watch it right now. And that what got me into it, to be honest. Combos. <laughs> okay, so this is around the time where the, the documentary was not a thing yet. This was still, you could say, the, the dark age of, of Melee. And a lot of people would generate hype through combo videos. So it's awesome to hear, like, you be another example of, of great players who can kind of track back to this combo video was a game changer for me. This really opened my eyes to what Melee could be. It's not all there for you. Like, Melee doesn't present itself unless somebody who knows shows you but like in terms of out of the box and when you're playing as a kid with your family or with you know your neighborhood friends it's it's a really fun casual game like it doesn't present itself as a hardcore gaming experience until you see somebody move like like really crispy and they have all these super cool combos and everything else and then you go it's like a whole new game. I mean, that was probably your feeling when you first saw that video and other stuff on YouTube, right? Yeah. And then I just started um, talking to my friends because I, I was still new. I wasn't going to like message people on Facebook or any social media. Be like, hey, you want to play? Obviously, there was no net play around. I had to like travel to my friend's house to play. And he would teach me some basic stuff. And then I would just continue to watch some videos. But after pound five, so you, you went to pound five, got a picture with M2K, got the bag, or at least for that time, after coming home from that, you probably want to go to the next big thing that's happening, right? Yes. The next big thing was Apex 2012. Wow. That's really, really cool. So that I actually remember when I was talking with Ryobeat, that was one, that was Ryobeat's first big tournament that he went to. It was just like yes. so amazed by everything that was happening that he was looking over and watching another set as he was in bracket trying to play his own set and the person was like uh whoa 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 stop what you're we are playing a tournament bracket set right now stop it stop <laughs> watching other stuff <laughs> that was so fun yeah. to me to hear like just you just you're just so amazed by everything that's happening so do you have do you have any memories from apex 2012 like that's your second big thing and and you're pretty much sold at this point right yeah um i do remember the usa versus the world that was really hype watching cruise but something like I didn't know anything about, you could do that at tournaments. I'm like, oh, really? This is new. I had no idea you could do cruise, like USA versus the world. And then obviously they changed that throughout the years with like region versus regions. But uh, that was like really fun. I saw a lot of people pop off from different um, countries. And I was like, wow. I thought it was just like here in the US. But then I, I realized, no, it's worldwide. And that's insane. And so when 2013 comes around and Evo happens, the documentary happens, and a lot more people start to come in, do, is that when you start to feel like you're not the newest person anymore? Or do you think that you were kind of like, uh, I was here a little early, but I'm still like pretty new. Like, What was your experience around that time like? Like for Evo, you're saying? Yeah, and because like, uh, people talk about how after Evo 2013 and the doc you know everybody who had never really been interested in melee they all start pouring in the doc kids all that kind of stuff kind of launches a new level of interest in melee that had not been there before 2013 or do you see it differently uh yeah it was different i still felt like i was new like my opinion like for smash if you're like three years into it you're still kind of new because uh it takes a lot of time to be really good at this game 
and uh you you got to put uh, a lot of effort into it there's a uh, people i want to say they're blessed and they have talent who managed to be like top 50 within two years you know congratulations to them i can name a few but you know obviously you already know who's like who but uh it was harder back then to get really good because uh there weren't that many locals like you could have now, maybe like three or four times a week. It would only be like once bi-weekly, sometimes once a month. And uh, because there was no net play, people would struggle to travel. I'd done it. Like, I would make that effort because I really wanted to be like at least decent at this video game. And that's like just my passion. You know, the fire just kept burning and I just want to keep going. So was Sheik the early move for you, or did you try playing with another character first? No, I was Fox. I was a Fox main. That was uh, my first tag was uh, J-Sex, and then uh, okay. I to, to J-Flex for uh, esports, I guess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that that makes sense know, to people me. People know about that. We can't have this interview, and people, they're going to know, like, oh, wait, that's J-Sex. <laughs> yeah. It's really so cool. for me, this is something that I might have heard when I was first starting to really get into Melee at the end of 2018, but honestly, I totally forgot. And if I had done more of my proper research, like I probably should have done, I would have been like, oh, that was your first tag. But I don't know. It's not really that much fun when I'm like, that's your first tag, all all chat esports, JFlex. How about that? And you're like, okay, yep. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, people know about it. That's true. So... Yeah you were able to make the switch to Sheik at some point. Now, is this after you think you get good enough as Fox that you started to challenge some of the PR players in New Jersey? Or, I mean, are you even in New Jersey when you were starting to really get into this back in that time when you're playing as Fox and trying to go to these bi-weekly or once-a-month tournaments? Yeah, when I first started, there weren't really any New Jersey tournaments. I would go to Nanuit in New York. Uh, maybe you heard of No John's. It's the same venue where Revival or Melee was. Oh, and wow, was that's like cool. Bi-weekly. Yeah. So I will go there maybe once a month just to get practice. So my first ever New Jersey tournament was, uh, I can't really remember. I think Ryobi actually hosted one in uh, Union City, I think. I can't remember. But there weren't really too many uh, New Jersey tournaments. We just had like the big national, and that was Apex. And so for... That that's once a year. So like Apex 2013 or Apex 2014 would come around and you're saying to yourself, I've been trying to go to as many events as I can in the tri-state area, but I feel like I'm not quite getting enough practice. Was that your feeling at the time? Because you're right. There was, yeah. there was no net play and there's not nearly as many tournaments as there is available right now. I was talking about how many you're going to now, which is awesome. Thanks to Slippy. Thanks to more yeah, of a regular yeah, and Ryo beat running the nightclub. But mm-hmm. So what about that time? Like when a big national like Apex would come through and this is your chance to like play out of region players and try to make a name for yourself. What were some of those earlier matchups like where you'd be trying to play against somebody who you know of who's ranked and you go, this is how I, this is how I get better. I have to beat players like this right on this stage at this moment. It's funny. Uh, Apex 2012, I had to play Armada. Oh no. (laughs) That was bad. He four-stocked me. Like, I, I didn't really know what to do against Peach. And, like, I guess uh, I was nervous. Like, I already know who Armada was. And I'm like, okay, I have no shot. I'm just going to try, like, to play and be friendly. Because that's really what it's all about. 
when you're first learning to play this game, you want to uh, make new friends. But that's the beauty of it. And having more friends means they play different characters and you can learn different matchups. That's the key. So even if you were playing... Okay, so this is Apex 2012. So Ryobeat is not Ryobeat yet. But eventually Ryobeat gets to be a piece that you get to play with, at least at the, in, the, in the later time. Oh, God. <laughs> Me and Nico, we go way back. Uh, I, I would beat Nico... And then, like, a year later or two years, he just got good. And then he started beating me, too. And then we would just go back and forth. But I, I love Nico. I met him when he was only 14 <laughs> in this video game. That Imagine that. Yeah. At, at that young age, playing this video game. Yeah. And, and playing serious. Because like, he would have been young enough to, like, take on Brawl if he really wanted to. And then eventually, I guess, you know, Smash 4 and, and so on and so on. But that's that's why Melee is a superior Smash game. I mean, it... Super, super fun. Although, like I said, Smash 64 still has a very warm place in my heart. Now, I'm curious. Who did you play in Smash 64? Oh, okay. So I just I play just about everybody. I love all the characters in Smash 64. Although, I must say, I, I think the character that I love playing the most, especially against my brother, because we have a big rivalry in 64, Ooh. is Link. Because he'll play Fox, I'll play Link, and I'll usually win because, I, I guess... Um, maybe because I've been playing the game longer, maybe because I'm a better gamer, but he's, he's getting along there. He's getting better, but I, I can still beat him with Link pretty consistently. I believe you. Uh, I loved Mario. Mario was so much fun to play in that game. And then I saw my friends tell me about a guy named Isaiah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Once I saw like this video, like don't get hit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to try. It's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> No way. Uh, Any time Isaiah picks up a Nintendo 64 controller and plays, that's insane. I mean, even like he very sparingly streams, even nowadays, he'll play like Netcode with um, like, um, there's a Kira copy. I might be pronouncing the tag wrong or playing against, uh, not Josh Brody, but there's another, there's another 64 player that streams on a semi-regular, um, uh, Doc, uh, Jaime, I think his Jaime. Name, Jaime, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They occasionally play on stream or whatever. And I'm just like Isaiah is still that guy. Isaiah is still an insanely, insanely good 64 player. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah low key was probably top ten in the world for melee, but he didn't really try. And everybody made that meme. If Isaiah actually tried, <laughs> you know about that, he'll probably be number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from funny. the from from the doc. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Did you okay? So you that. you got to play against Armada at Apex 2012, and that was like, oh, oof. But I remember the doc saying Isaiah enters Apex 2012 doubles, but not singles. And then there was like an exhibition match where he was supposed to play against Captain Jack and just dash dances. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like you remember this? Yep, I was there. That's insane. Like, and I and th- these are all players that you like vaguely know about, right? Like you 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 you've heard the names before, but it's not like you have a documentary to contextualize with. You do, you don't have like all of this lore that's been built up to the level that it is now. Right. So like it's easier or would you say to, to meet players like that? Or you said you, you said it felt like celebrities, but I mean, they did. What if you, what if you were starting to get into melee more now? Like, would it just be even that more intense and being like, I can't, I can't do this. It's too much. Mm, no, like if I was to compare myself back then and now, uh, right now I feel like 
only getting better and better. Even if I was to play Armada, if he ever comes back. For example, if I was to play Mango, I'll respect him, but I still want to beat him. I love That's that. That's my mentality right now. Yeah. I love that. That's really cool. So when does Sheik officially become your character of choice, your main? Uh, around the end of 2013. Gotcha. And so you've been playing Sheik for getting close to eight years now, somewhere thereabouts, or maybe nine, actually. I can't do math. But you've been playing okay. Sheik for a very, very long time. And you've seen there's been a fair amount of discourse around the idea that Sheik has a certain amount of limitations when it comes to Fox in particular, but maybe perhaps Falco and Marth as well, sort of like the the, the, the absolute top tiers. Sheik was initially, in my estimation, Sheik is like that original top tier character was put at the number one spot at the original tier list. And then over the years, it sort of had to take just a slight backseat, but is still a very dangerous character. I mean, in, in somebody like your hands or any of the other chic players that make a name for themselves nowadays, not something you want to sleep on because you can't just have a frame one shine and expect to easily win the matchup. A chic that knows what they're doing makes it look very, very easy and makes it look very hard on the opponent to do anything, especially when you are playing at a, like a really high level, you're playing confident, that sort of stuff. So, when you hear people talking like me, you know, I'm more of an idiot. When you hear people like me talking about how Sheik is like slightly limited when it comes to top level play, what's your reaction to that? Because I'm sure you have such faith in the character. Um, well, everyone has their opinions, you know, but I respect results. And when you have a character like that and um, whoever picks them up, Again, let me use Armada, for example. Peach was, is never going to be number one, like the character, right? Peach always stands out at, what, top five, top seven? The tier list changes every three or four years. However, Armada made that character look like, okay, yeah, I don't know what's going on. And then throughout the years, some characters were, like, underdeveloped. Uh, you had uh, Captain Falcon. Then you had, like, the, was it 20GX, where, like, the new Falcons... They just came like Wizzy, Wizro, uh, Gatsu, and of course, none. And then you start seeing these characters like, wow, new stuff, right? Same thing for Sheik. When Plup came, when he uh, stopped playing Samus and he went Sheik, I just fell in love with that Sheik, as well as every other Sheik player. They're like, what is he doing that I'm not doing? Okay, yeah, I can't move that fast. But he started doing different options. And that it's like, okay, now I need to learn this because, uh, yeah, Sheik is viable. There's people who are always going to be like, no, she can't do it. But I've seen Plup win nationals with, with Sheik. And that's that potential is still there. It's not like you win one national with a character like Sheik and then everybody just goes, okay, well, you had your moment in the sun, but we're just going to go ahead and uh, use the Fox muscle and take all the events moving forward. I think that I, I like what you said, that in a player's hands that can put it all together and who can keep up with the other options that are being thrown up by the other characters, you can still win because Sheik is not, uh, some, sometimes people might forget, is not a not a, not at all a mid-tier character, bottom-tier character, because Sheik will just straight up invalidate a lot of things that even, even Marth, Falx, and Falco will do. 
I my personal favorite set that I've seen this year by a Sheik player, and I'm sorry to say that it's not you, J Flex, but I remember J Mook versus Ginger at one of the very first events of the year back in January, and uh, those there's an FD game where J Mook just put Ginger into a blender, had a had a strong yes. spot up smash, and just made it look so easy. I was just absolutely mind blown and nft is a tough counter pick for chic because you know there's no platforms to use but it didn't matter j mook moved really well um but even even for sets like yours like you you can you can put those things together and just no your your fox does not matter you, you can't get by on that alone you have to have you have to outplay me because i'm throwing out better options right now yes uh j mook uh, i love that guy it's like okay to make a perfect example is J-Mook, it's like when you first saw Plup, first time, first eyes, right? No one has ever seen a Sheik like that. J-Mook is like, he's kind of like that too because he's doing new stuff that Plup doesn't do either. And then that's like, wow, okay. We, everyone, we just probably suck. We probably got to get better. And J-Mook is showing that and he is so good. Yes, I remember that set. It was online, right? Yeah, it was online. It was one of the first on, like bigger online events of the year. Yep. I think it was for local event. I could be wrong, but I think that's the one. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So for you, you, you said you'd like to take from all the Sheiks that you see. So we have Ben, we have Plup, sparingly, but I have seen Plup Sheik this year. And then Jay Mook coming up here or there, yourself, obviously. And then we're going to get to see, hopefully we're going to get to see Fred Palestine Sheik in the upcoming Summit oh, event. Summit. Mm -hmm. yeah. That'll be really cool to see how he can stack up against the competition there. It'll certainly be difficult, but root for free Palestine anyway. Like when you when you look around at the other at the other players who are playing your character, how much does it matter to you to watch what they're doing as compared to watching yourself? Because I think I hear from a lot of different top players that there's a certain amount of you you just have to trust what you're doing and and try to play along the game plan that you want to do for yourself because if you try to act out of character too much i don't know if this is making sense to you but like acting out of character too much is going to cause you to go into a game plan you're not super comfortable with and if you're not comfortable you're not going to play as well mm. well i gotta say i'm gonna be watching because here's the thing if i was to go to summit i want to prepare myself there's got to be stuff that i'm not doing right now and i got to be you know, with Metify, there's coaching. There's got to be top Sheik players like Spark, Face Row. They could give me some ideas. And since you have that time to prepare yourself, there's going to, obviously, you're going to do something new. A lot of people are going to be watching. And I definitely will be watching. And I want to see this Sheik do really good. Because I support every Sheik, to be honest. Oh, that's really cool to hear. <laughs> what is What has been a favorite, mm, trick might be the wrong word, there's probably been something about Sheik that you learned this year at some point where you went, okay, didn't know that before. That's something that I'd like to put into my game plan. I mean, it can be just the most minute thing, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, I have two things, and I learned from J Mook, to be honest. So whenever I'm doing like a Sheik diddle, you know, you have a chain grab, right? Yep. But if the Sheik is DIing away and you're getting close to the ledge, you can like uh, run off and hit the Sheik with a poof, with the up B. And get oh, yeah. back on legs. That's really cool. And uh, another thing that I I started doing right now is a uh, a high percent of Fox Falco, even Falcon, like ninety or hundred. If they get back on stage and you down air with the dive, I do needle turn around and forward air to hit them the other way. That's something J Mo uh, has been doing, and I, I stole that from him. <laughs> it's so cool. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. So in my limited time of playing the Sheik, I, I, I'm trying to get good with at the game with Falco. And then when I get good enough that I feel like I can control Falco, then I'll probably try other characters. But in friendlies, I'll pick up Sheik and I'll go, I kind of feel like I'm one or two good sessions away from just saying, screw it. No Falco. I want to, I want to main Sheik. I want to play Sheik in bracket, but, uh, <laughs> When I when I try to do some of the most basic stuff, like I know about turnaround needles, or I try to do boost grab, and I keep forward smashing in place and that sort of stuff, it just I, I've I look at at what the things that you're doing or any of the other uh, sh- top chic players, and I just go, it's it seems like just just a ton of work to do all of the things that are necessary in the game plan to be successful. Do you think that the chic player in any given matchup? or you can talk about a specific one has to do more work than the other player, the other character that you are playing against, or do you think it just takes the same amount of work, regardless if you're playing against a Fox or a Puff or a, another Sheik, another Falcon, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, most matchups like, uh, the top tiers, Sheik has to work a lot because it, you know, Sheik does not have kill power. Her aerials are not that strong. It's not like you have a Falcon with a knee. That, yeah, you're going to die like at 70. That's never going to happen with Sheik. You have to work for a percent. And uh, I want to call Sheik like a setup character. You want to set up with like F-tilt, grab, down tilt, even up tilt. Because that's your bread and butter. So she, yeah, she has to work hard. Not like crazy. Because you know she's not like Luigi or like a low tier. But uh, she definitely has to work hard in certain matchups. And so when you get an opportunity to go through a bracket and win where you get to play against a variety of characters or play against some players that have either given you trouble in the past or have had your number the past couple of times you played, like when you get to have a bracket where you kind of get to put every everyone to rest and come out on top, is that about as satisfying as a feeling you can have? Or is it more satisfying to you to continue to just simply get better at the game? Depending on the person I talk to, they're not always results-oriented in the sense where they say, I live and die on results, so if I'm not getting better, I don't feel fulfilled playing the game. And you've played so much of Melee, so I'm curious from your perspective, what what keeps you in, what keeps you going? Yeah, um, I've I've always entered tournaments like I want to win. I don't want to lose, you know. As of a course. competitor, like I, I really want to win. But if I lose to someone, I'm like, all right, GGs. I'll have to come back next week. You know, there's always gonna be more melee, and just keep learning. But like, it feels so good when I finally beat that certain person that gives me a hard time. I really care about results, because it's it just sounds wrong saying you don't because if you hold if you take an L. Like, you're losing. Me, I want to learn from that L. Like, why did I lose? There, there's something. And then I will go back, either watch, like, on uh, when I go to a nightclub, if I'm losing to someone, I'll go back, like, the next two days and check the broadcast or if they upload any videos. Okay, this is what I'm doing wrong. Like, I teach myself. And if, if I'm struggling, I will go to... There's a sheet group that I have on Facebook, and I will ask, you know, Lord Spark, Lord face roll like i say <laughs> yeah because there's things i need to learn that's the you know you you always have to learn in melee otherwise you're gonna keep hitting a wall and there's no worse feeling than hitting the same wall but also in bracket because you 
you, you can hit a wall in friendlies and it's not as big of a deal, but if you keep, if you keep finding yourself in the same spot and not being able to overcome it in bracket, I can definitely understand that because I've, I've haven't played in a ton of tournaments yet, but in the locals that I go to the local that I go to, excuse me, there's a player that even now I'm starting to sense this might take me a while to overcome this matchup in particular Falco versus Marth. He knows what I'm looking for, what I'm trying to do, even though what I'm doing is fairly basic and he's not going to be setting the world on fire, you know, in a month. But we have this little rivalry starting to build up a little bit. So shout outs to Curtis if you're listening. But uh, all that to say, I, I feel like, oh, no, I'm kind of hitting the same spots where I'm, I get so desperate to either close out the game or... I just am getting a little bit autopiloty. I do those sort of things. So for you, what you've done to overcome it is teaching yourself and also leaning on other chic players to get by. So if it weren't for, well, that's maybe not the best way to phrase it, but do you think that it's possible in a world where you had to pick only one of those two things, either the ability to study yourself or the ability to rely on other players who play your character to help you like which one is more valuable to you that you would choose over the other if you had to i love to ask questions so i'm going to go with uh, the second option i will go and ask the top players there was a venture sorry there was this one twitter post a while back where it was choosing different pills right where you could have like a faster reaction time by a few frames or be able to act sooner where you could like have no controller issues, which is obviously really appealing to just about any melee player in the entire world. And then one of the options was have top players in your head coaching you mid-set. And everybody was just sort of dogpiling on that one, being like, who would do that? But like for you, even if you really, really value, value input, if you see faster reaction time or no controller problems just sitting there, I mean, that's what you would be tempted to go for, right? Yes. But uh, I still haven't tried a Goom Wave, and everyone telling me that it's broken is, like, really good. So that's probably the best uh, GameCube controller I could get. What would be your reaction to the Panda controller? Have you seen any of that? Did you see any of the Kickstarter stuff? I did. Uh, I don't know. I'm not the type of person I always want to, like, first try stuff. I kind of, like, want to hear other people's feedback. So I'll just wait and stick with the with my GameCube controller that I have right now. So, what what's what's your basic GameCube controller setup like right now? You said you don't have a Goom Wave, so if you don't mind like talking about your controller a little bit, what's important for you for how it how it helps you play the game? Uh, well, I did spend two hundred and fifty dollars on this controller. Uh, really, more of a movement type of guy. I like to have my thumb like really uh loose on a controller stick and um and just have perfectly good uh, wave dash notches because you know it's chic and people be like oh you don't got to be technical to play chic i get offended but <laughs> <laughs> no what that's is. what i was saying earlier you got to be really technical <laughs> yeah yeah just can't argue with people i'm like yeah yeah sure it's fine <laughs> I'll show you because in bracket. My, I'll just show you in my down my down B sucks you know I, I go Zelda <laughs> <laughs> So, and you were talking a little bit earlier about you know nightclub and 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 all the tournaments that you're attending on a on a regular basis. Who is a player right now that you would consider to be a rival or consider to be someone who 
when you get the win, you go, yes, that's exactly what I wanted tonight out of coming to this tournament. Pretty much everyone that's ranked top five in the region, top five in New York or top five in New Jersey, I got to respect. Because I may be ranked right now number one in New Jersey, but there's like two to five can still beat me if I'm playing bad or they're just playing really good. Same thing for New York. That's really cool to hear that you sort of have like a an almost armada-like re respect for the players that are, are either right beneath your, your quote-unquote rank or level or just sort of when you go against an opponent, you're not necessarily thinking in terms of, oh, well, this is easy, this is free, or, oh, I, I've beat them the past couple of times, so I don't really need to necessarily have like this whole big fancy game plan in order to beat them again. I'll just do what worked last time. It sort of seems like you have a like a little bit of a higher respect, if you will, for the person you're playing against. Yeah. Uh, because the thing is, it, it stays like that for like a good, I want to say like six months. Like you could go to like a different region. You could go to like MDVA. You could go to like Midwest, even SoCal. Those top five players that are ranked, they will not lose or like, you know, maybe every now and then, maybe like uh, one set. But it's because they're more consistent. It will still be considered top five. And that's like right now, uh, I do not see Mango, Zane, or Hungrybox losing to anybody like outside of maybe top 10. Online is like, you know, yeah, there's people that could do it, but I want to see it on land. You know, that's that's different. So you would definitely call the two things different between playing online and playing land, but you do, you do plenty of both. So what I guess the biggest value of, of online is that you can play melee right where you are right now. You're at your stream setup. So you don't, <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to take a train. You don't have to be out super, super late and get home at like after one in the morning and be all like, Oh no, I'm still on tournament nerves and that sort of stuff and have to calm down and sleep at three in the morning. So is that really the big thing for you that you like about playing online? Even if they are two different things in your mind? Well, the best thing about playing online is practice. This is the best tool you could have. You could go on Discord and you could talk to anybody that, that wants to play. And you will find, like, most likely every matchup that you need help on, someone always wants to play. You can't do that on LAN. LAN is more like go big or go home type situations, you know, because it's more on the line. You're taking, you know, your time to get out of your house, go to that local even if it like you have to travel maybe like two hours some people do it i've seen it just to go to like a local and uh it feels kind of bad when you lose and when you travel that far <laughs> yep yep and then you're like man if i was home it would not hurt as much and, and everyone knows that okay so you you were talking a little bit about getting the opportunity to play against uh, players from the new york city region and then new jersey region so is there like a New Jersey, New York City rivalry thingy? I, I feel like I see just as many New Jersey players at the nightclub. There's sort of like a bit of a shared space, but that is my outside perspective looking in. What's it like on the street, if you will? Because you're you're at almost every single nightclub. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, New Jersey, I could say, hmm, players like Wally, Mott Money, The Swooper, who are always at the nightclub. They're always uh, taking names. Uh, I don't think they have won a nightclub yet. 
I think I'm probably the only person from New Jersey that's won a nightclub. Uh, but they're like really good. They could beat me too, you know. It's it really depends like on the day if they're playing really good or that's just how melee is. It's a very unforgiving game. If you're playing bad, well, guess what? <laughs> you're gonna pay for that. Yeah, the execution right. is, is is serious. Big deal on the, especially in tournament bracket. I mean, it was serious even from the beginning. But in tournament bracket nowadays, like even even a mid level player in in my region in here in Lancaster, PA, that's not too far away from Harrisburg. It's, we call it the seven one seven region. It's it's like a mid-level player here can easily force stop me. Like that's how new I am still to playing in tournaments. So I have a lot of respect for people who have been playing long enough to be able to move their character well and like put together a good tournament performance. But then there's just levels. It gets really like even harder and harder going up and up and up. And so when you get to your spot, you're, you're kind of in that, in that realm where people know who you are. They know the name of J flex and they really like your chic, all that stuff respect the grind uh, you, I guess you wouldn't have had like a super major win yet or you know you beat multiple top players like Hungrybox and then Mango and then Plup to be able to like take a big event but wh what would you say is your biggest win in your estimation I don't I don't have a top 10 win but I have like top 20 and top 50 wins from that range mm -hmm. like uh three weeks ago I think uh I beat a Swedish delight who was like ranked 17th in the world uh i went to main stage and i had a i had a great run uh i beat blade Fantastic. and i beat i beat blade wise and i beat rocky they're also like ranked top 50 and like top 70 i think so i'm getting these wins little by little um and at a uh, riptide i uh riptide was first i should have mentioned that first but uh i beat uh sdj logan and those are two good wins. And so at both events, I got 17th. 17th at Riptide and 17th at Main Stage. No joke. You, you know, so yeah, I think those are own. really good. Those are good yeah. results. Those are really good results. And so do you feel like going into the Smash World Tour last chance qualifiers that you're scheduled to go to as of now? Yeah, that's going to be quite a challenge because it's not going to feel like a national because it's going to be all on one single day. And that's Friday. A lot of heavy hitters going to be there, including Mewtwo King, which is funny. <laughs> no, I see. And, that's uh, why I was like, I was going to like, kind of like, it's like a full circle thing. Yeah. Only eight spots left to make uh, the main stage, I guess, at a uh, Smash World Tour. It's going to be a bloodbath. But it's also going to be fun. That's for sure. How early are you trying to get down to be able to get used to being down there, play friendlies in particular, like like play against people who are also there? the getting ready for Friday. Cause Fridays, like you said, it's just one day to squeeze yeah. in. Like however, however large the bracket is. I mean, it's in the hundreds. It's, it's not a small, it's not like they're inviting players to the last chance qualifier it is an open bracket. Yeah. A lot of players who did not qualify, but were invited to that, uh, 16 man bracket, uh, are going to go. Um, I got my flight. I'll be there Thursday night. I'll try to get as much practice as I can. But uh, the practice is here. It's in That's my true. House. It's when I go out to locals. That's the practice. I love that because I, I think something that I want to make sure you get a chance to address is how do you feel New Jersey in particular stacks up to the rest of the East Coast in terms of, you know, it's a bit like, you know, you have some heavy hitters in New Jersey. 
Uh, New Jersey, in my opinion, right now, it's probably like the best it has been. Because before we will get carried by Music King and Swedish, and then that that's about it. That's all that matters. <laughs> and everybody else will get like we won't even make like top sixty four at uh, nationals. Now, like uh, the I mentioned, Swooper, Wally, Mott Money, and myself. Whenever we go to nationals, we either like top twenty five or top, we always get top sixty four. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, but we want to be like a top thirty two. I want to start getting top eight. It's gonna happen. Trust me, it's gonna happen sooner or later. Because I am, um, I'm only getting better, and I'm not gonna stop. And since I just got sponsored, uh, you know, I really love those guys. They're helping me out so much, and from the bottom of my heart, I, you know, I don't know how to thank them. But I could keep getting better at the game, and try to get top eight sometime next year. And so having an event like like smash world tour last chance qualifiers where it's going to be just a really crazy day what is your preparation like for a a multi-day event are you going to try to treat it the same way for smash world tour or are you going to have like a different routine that you try to do because you have to fly down the night before and it's 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 not going to be like super convenient all the way through where you feel comfortable there's probably going to be something stupid that happens that makes you go ah so what do you what do you try to do to sort of make sure that you're in a good space mentally or physically for such a big event like Smash World Tour? Yeah, well, physically, I just go to the gym. <laughs> so I don't know about physical. <laughs> it's more of a mental mental stuff. Um, hopefully by the end of this week, or if not, the beginning of next week, the bracket will be out. And I'm going to look at the bracket now and see who I have to play and just hit up every top player that wants to play and just grind that's about it so you feel like by the time you actually get to the day itself you can just sort of rest easy on the knowledge that i've done all the work that i need to do all i have to do today specifically is just play because you've done all of the training the work like the the hard work leading up to the event as compared to uh cramming might be the wrong word but i guess some players when they go to a big event, they might feel unprepared, but your feeling is if I feel prepared going to the event, I just, that's when I play my best. Yes, that's correct. Awesome. So after smash world tour is over, hopefully with you being able to, Hey, I mean, going top eight and last chance qualifiers mean you would qualify into the main bracket. That'd be cool to see, but whatever happens there, what's the next step for J flex? Uh, Genesis. That's for sure. Were you at any of the Genesis prior? Uh, Genesis three. That was twenty sixteen. That was the that was a really really big deal because it was it had been it was at least two years between Genesis two and Genesis three, right? Wasn't it more like four years? Um, no, it was in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like around five years. Wow, that's yeah. and and so that was such a big deal, and you were able to go. That's really cool. Do you have any? like the memories that stand out from that day in particular yeah all the five guys were there you remember the five guys right including like ppmd when he was around leffen was i don't know if leffen was there i don't think he was yeah because maybe if it was was 2016 this was around like the 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 visa visa thing yeah okay yeah well the five guys were there um a lot of great players i enjoyed uh i think it had like a 24-hour venue 
you're not gonna see that nowadays and i miss that we just like people just we have a problem sleeping you know most of us we we, <laughs> we sleep at like 2 a.m like that's the truth all my melee heads you know for a fact we go to sleep at one or two because we want to play one more game and that one more game turns out to be like an hour <laughs> they know it yeah what i was gonna ask you like uh, i feel like your sleep routine i mean what's that like because don't you i mean you play in so many events so how do you get enough sleep i'm assuming that you have something that you have to do during the day other than play melee <laughs> yeah well i'm a dad you know I, I have my kid me too yeah oh you, you are yes okay. i have two i have I two no children idea. nice nice so then uh we're both dads you know what it's like Oh yeah. But, uh, I think uh, six hours is okay. Six hour rest is fine. Yeah, that's what I do. To, that's what I say to myself. I need to get six hours. Then I'll get five and a half, and I'll wake up, and I'll my head will hurt, and I'll just go. Five and a half is close enough. I'll wake up at some point. I gotta go to work. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy because one of my friend here from my local area, he just says something like dumb, but like it actually makes sense. He's like, "Oh, if you sleep too much, like ten hours a day." If you add that up, like, I don't know, within a few years, you're only living like 50 years and you're sleeping 25 years. And I'm like, shit, that's right. <laughs> I can do more. I got to live more. So sleep less, play more melee, go to the gym, be a dad, work. And yeah, et cetera, et cetera, whatever I got to do. Without poking and prodding too hard, what would you say is your favorite part about being a dad? Being a dad? Mm -hmm. uh, watching my son grow up, uh, waking him up, taking him to school. His education is what really matters to me. Um, yeah, I'm always on top of making sure that he's doing his homework. His behavior is good. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, kids, when they're growing up, they could be a little, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to, I don't know what word to use. You know, we dads, we have to be there. Yeah, listen, you got to do this because it's right. That's like the best thing about being a dad. It's like you're watching. It's like my son looks like me. It's like I'm watching a reflection of myself when I was small. And I'm like, you know what? I should have done this. So I'm going to do it right now because I'm a dad. And that's what, that's the best part. It's so hard for me because I, I have I have Ellie who's about to turn four. And I have Ezra. He's about to turn two. And they are starting to become more independent. So you, you get past that stage where they're really dependent on you to do everything. So you kind of get used to sort of solving all their problems. And then you have to learn the art of oh wait in order for them to succeed in life eventually i have to stop holding their hand in every single situation i have to let them ride a bike by themselves or try to do something like jumping off the couch if i've helped them jump off the couch before for the record i do not let super young children of my own do crazy stuff like that without it for at least first training them and putting pillows at the bottom of the thing. But kids jump off of stuff all the time. You get it. But like you have to sort of let them learn lessons on their own at the same time, just sort of like underneath your care of saying, Hey, you messed up, but it's okay because you're still young and I'm going to solve all your problems now that you've had a little <laughs> bit of a chance to, to, to kind of yeah. feel what living is like. Th that's the hard part for me is like, how much do I let them experience, you know, life without trying to be a filter to them? If that makes sense. Uh, I guess some people would call it like sheltering. Like how much do you want to shelter your children? Like that's what I struggle with the most. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's it's always gonna be a struggle, not just for us dads. Uh, the young people in melee who are in school, 
and struggling with financial aid or, you know, they got to pay their loans. It's always going to be a struggle. Life is all about battles. But, like, to never, like, stay down. Yeah, we could fall. I've fallen, like, a few times, but I still get back up because I want to continue living and I want to continue with a smile on my face the next day. It's like when you take an L at bracket. You're like, you know what? Just keep going. Sooner or later, you're going to get that dub. And Jesus, that dub feels so good. After I beat this certain person, I go on Twitter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to tweet it out. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about 21 Days of Flexmas. This is something that if people go onto your Twitter, at JFlex2808, they can get a little bit more info on. But from what I could tell, you're basically trying to do some money matches. If somebody beats you, you pay them. Like, uh, how does it work exactly? Well, my sponsor pays them. <laughs> oh, nice. So, like, <laughs> I try really hard not to lose because then, you know, I get punished or something. <laughs> But uh, yeah, 21 Day of Flexmas is actually really good on um, both ends. It's good for, for the sponsor. It's great for me because I want to play really good players. You know, if I could like reach out to like Mang or whatever, but obviously he won't do it because, you know, he's too, he's too cool. I will do it. I don't mind. I just want to get the best practice I could get and uh, let people know that like, you know, I just started with all chat You know, I was just signed. Um, yeah, I'm looking to make moves. I want to take names. You know, I just, I just want to grow. I, th I think I saw a link to a YouTube match. Uh, I think it was the All, All Chatty Sports YouTube channel. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, B-Bats, who's been on the program before. B-Bats is an oh, up-and-coming yeah. up -and Peach player. It's between B-Bats and Wally as like the two good Peaches in New Jersey, or, is, or am I missing somebody? No, those are the best Peaches in New Jersey right now. Uh, Wally, who is ranked number two, and B-Bats is like number eight. I think so, yeah, or yeah. seven, somewhere around there. A little bit more along the lines of like uh, of a newer player, so uh, there's all kinds of different levels of like, oh, I'm pretty new, I'm a slippy kid or or a doc kid, but like you you're you're starting to get to that point where you're becoming you're becoming the person who everybody goes, oh, JFlex has been here the longest in the room. That may not be true 100% of the time, but does that what does that change for you, or does it really not matter to you how long you've been playing? What matters is now. Yeah, um, anyone could say that. Even uh, like when I went to main stage, IBDW came to me and said, this is the best I've ever seen you. Like you're at your peak right now and you're only getting better. I'm like, yeah, that's true. So like back then, if I was like losing to like anybody, it's because I really wasn't putting into practice. It's like I stopped for like 18 months and then obviously people are going to catch up and you know that because there's people with passion too, like me. They want to get better at the game. And me, I'm just like, all right, I guess they'd be like, oh, this old man to say he can't play no more. <laughs> but I proved everyone wrong again and again. Because there's people who had their doubts for me. And I know that. But that's cool. Because that's just like, like another challenge for me. And then when they see like, oh, wow, he's ranked number one in New Jersey again. It just shows them, you know, that I still got it and I'm still getting better. Got to flex on him. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. So we're getting about to the uh, time where we start to roll out the red carpet for you. Have you promote all the places where we can find you? So, you know, you you got you got the Twitter, you got the Twitch, all that stuff. So I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. So uh, I think. Well, right now my focus right now is like more like in the future, like for Smash World Tour and Genesis, you know. But uh. Talking about my placements right now, I think I'm doing fine. 
Like, I'm trying to stay where I'm at. I'm not trying to, like, take three steps back and, like, oh, start placing, like, ninth at a local. I don't see myself doing that. You know, I don't want to sound cocky. But I just want to, like, keep going or at least try to stay where I'm at right now and just learn more. I love that. And where can the people find you? Sorry, I should have phrased it that way. Where can the people yeah, find yeah. you to see more of JFlex? Uh, I'm usually streaming and I want to stream more. Uh, you can catch me at twitch.tv, JFlex too good. Uh, some people find that funny. So do I, but you know, I try to be, I try to build a character, you know, you want to be entertaining. I want people to like come in and feel like, oh, okay. Is he funny or is he just like mean? Like, no, I'm not mean. I'm a nice guy. And uh, follow me on Twitter, JFlex2808. And then are you going to be trying to do more content with all chatty sports? I mean, 21 days of Flexmas. What's the, do you think there's just going to be more JFlex content out there thanks to all chatty sports, like trying to collaborate with fine ideas, stuff to do? Or is this going to be the holiday season sort of stuff? And then you go, um, you know, uh, content's not like no, no. what I want to focus on. It's going to be more. We have big plans ahead of us. This big is plans. Let's go. Yeah, this is just a taste. You know, it's like a candy cane, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's really uh, cool to hear. It will be more uh, more good, great sets. So I hope everyone tunes in every day. Uh, just a new set with somebody. Whether win or lose, you know, I just want to give out like good uh, entertainment, good smash. And... um. Can I do shout-outs? <laughs> oh, yes, like, absolutely. Please, by all means. Yeah. I just can't, like, say how much I love my team, my sponsor. Uh, shout-out to Slumlord. Uh, MDJ, I just feel like, wow, he's, a, like, a lawyer, and he's, like, super jacked. He's bigger than me, <laughs> and he's sponsoring me. Like, that's so awesome. Uh, our commentator, Hada, who I think has very a, a lot of potential, and I want to see him at big stages soon. At least commentating my sets in top eight. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Uh, and shout out to Exor. Uh, he's also part of uh, All Chat. And uh, I guess uh, Tri-State, because I'm a big Tri-State fan. Yeah, let's go try state. I mean, from a like Pennsylvania's not tri state, and it's weird because a lot of people consider Pittsburgh Midwest, which just blows my mind. But from a little bit of a semi close vantage point, it's always fun to see nightclub. Always fun to see you going up against players like, like Wally, even though you're both from New Jersey, but also JoJo, also. Um, uh, Aklo when he's there and then the occasional out of town guests like Kador and all that stuff. Nightclub is always a fun event to watch and you are always putting your name in the conversation. One, a few, yeah. not a big deal. Hope, here's hoping that aside from that and all the New Jersey locals that you get your good practice in for Smash World Tour successful this upcoming weekend. So good luck for that. Good luck with Genesis. And uh, one more time, JFlex, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of Smash Mountain. Thank you for having me. Appreciate Sorry. it.